I was able to go to the Dunhill tournaments. I walk on St. Andrew and Carnoustie the same day. So you, you can see why I'm so grateful and thankful and full of appreciation. I grew up in a small little town, 500 people in the middle of nowhere. Right. So what mattered the most is not where you start, is where you go and how much you enjoy the process of realizing, okay, wow, life is good. I can do some stuff if you avoid negative thoughts. I want to share with the people that when things are not going well or if it's in golf and your game, take the time to look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, you are the CEO of your life. You're making decisions. You need to assume those responsibility with the decision. And there is a price to be outside of your comfort zone, but that's where you realize your potential. Welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast, where I speak with the entrepreneurs, the disruptors, and the influencers who are shaping the future of golf. And today, so I have had the opportunity to speak with this gentleman on a couple of occasions and just love what he's doing and, and not only what he's doing in golf, but his story, his journey of how he got involved in the game and has got to the level that he is as a PGA master professional. And that is Claude Brousseau. And he is the uh, Director of Player Development at the Wailea Golf Academy, also involved with the Golf Channel Academy. He's doing so many entrepreneurial things, and he is such a wonderful, giving, energetic, positive person. He's the type of people that I want to surround myself with all the time, and I do my best to do that. But you're going to get a chance to spend half an hour with Claude here today. So, Claude, welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast. Aloha, Colin. It's a privilege and a honor to talk golf with you and your listener. Oh, thank you so much for that. I know we can have this conversation, Claude, probably for about the next six hours because when we were on our call a couple months ago, we just kept talking and talking and talking. And yeah, just the energy and kind of that pure unfiltered joy you have for life and the game, it's infectious and I love it. I'm glad you're going to be sharing that with our Mod Golf podcast listeners here today. So Claude, I always love to start with this icebreaker question. And that is your original connectivity to golf. Tell us about the first time you ever picked up a golf club, that experience, and that power of invitation. Who invited you? Who helped put that golf club in your hand when that happened? In fact, I didn't play golf as a kid. So I got involved with the game fairly late. I will say probably around my 30s when I discovered golf. And then I got hooked up to the game. Prior to that, a couple of years earlier, it was an elective course when I was in college inside, believe it or not. This oh. guy was giving uh, golf instruction inside at evening. I went there and then I said, well, this is pretty good. But what triggered the passion and everything is I went to see the uh, PGA playing at the Glen Abbey in 88, 89. And I still have vivid image today of, wow, club face with the sun reflecting in it. I saw kind of a, just the mark of a ball, a sweet spot. Right. And I was a hacker, like, you know, everybody who starts don't know how to do it. That image is still vivid in my head. And the sound of that Balata ball back then, watching Mr. Nicholas and... Uh, Payne Stewart and all the big name were there. So that's really fire me up for golf. 
Wow. So going to the Canadian Open back at the day, that power of invitation of going to Glen Abbey, you were inspired by the best players in the world. And at that time, you said you could barely swing a golf club. And now, many decades later, you are a PGA master professional. Wow, what a journey. So we're going to cover everything. And it has not been a straight line at all for you to get there. So yes, let's start at the beginning. So people can probably tell from your your accent, you're French-Canadian, grew up in Quebec. So tell us about, and obviously I'm assuming you played other sports, you're an athletic guy. So tell us about that and then your journey. You ended up in Florida, I understand, working professionally as a nurse, not necessarily for golf. So tell us about the early days of you and the first steps of your journey there into golf. Yes, so I grew up in a very small town about 500 miles northwest of Montreal. I didn't even know about golf. Nobody plays golf in my family. What happened is when I decided that this is what I want to do, my first life, I will call that, I decided that I wanted to be a nurse because that will help me to maybe travel and see the world. And then it's an interesting thing because now I'm doing it through golf. So my right. first love was helping people through nursing. So I, I got a bachelor degree in nursing. I did nursing for about roughly 20 years. And then I, I went back to school. I was in the search of what I'd love to do or what I will be, what is my calling, I will call that. Then when I discovered golf, I say, oh, oh. So we moved from Montreal to Florida in 92. I hire a coach for my long game, my short game, mental coach. I just went all in in golf. Right, right. Then I, I was even sleeping with audio tape. I wanted to see how quick I can get good at this game. I was practicing every day, so I kind of managed my schedule as a nurse. Most of the people don't want to uh, work weekends. So I was working Saturdays and Sundays, 16 hours a day. Then I was doing the opposite of everybody, basically. So work weekends and then enjoy what I like to do during the week. So I was full-time practicing, playing golf, competing, going at the gym. The life of somebody who pursue his dream of see how quick and how good they can get at the game. Wow, and I understand that uh, you got good in a hurry there, Claude, because you did play on uh, the mini tours in, in South Florida, did you not? Yes, I did play in mini tour. One of the skills when you want to play golf is you need to learn how to compete. And because I had not played as a kid, I played hockey, I played uh, racquetball, squash, but not golf. So you need to learn how to compete. So I did some uh, tournament, South Florida Golf Tour, then the Montgomery Golf Tour. I did few uh, Monday qualifier. Uh, back then, there was the Doral Open and the Honda Classic. Right, right, right. Interesting. So you got to the point, so you gave professional golf a, a shot there, but I guess you realized then at, at a certain time that you either didn't have the experience or ran out of the runway to make it to that next level to the PGA Tour. So when did you take that leap of faith? Because I'm sure that took some courage. So what were the influencers or the elements that you saw that you said, you know what, I'm going to become a teaching professional. I'm going to leave nursing behind me and I'm going to take that leap. So tell us about that because I'm sure that took a bit of courage and a bit of a leap of faith for you to do that. So tell us about that inflection point, that moment or time in your life. Well, I'm assuming you're still in Florida before you ended up in Hawaii. So tell us about that. 
Yeah, that was kind of a really big leap of faith because I lived in Montreal. I had never broke 80 in my life. Right. Then I say, that's what I want to do. I got a fantastic, very supporting wife. And she says, if that's what you want to do, I'm 100% behind you. So I left Montreal. I always wanted to come and live in the United States and where it's warm, basically. I had visited Maui in 88 that I wanted to live here. But going in golf, I say, okay, I need a way to get in Florida. So nursing was the way. They had a little advertising in the paper that they were looking for bilingual nurses. And that was my step in coming in the United States. And then that was my step that I can work and then go golfing. So that was the decision was, let's go and see how good I can get at golf. Got it. Pretty, got it. Pretty bullish there. <laughs> I, I love it. But sometimes what you don't know, it kind of helps you, right? Because otherwise you may have found a hundred excuses of or reasons not to do something rather than just going for it. Sounds like your wife, you guys are still going strong and still supporting you after all these years. And obviously it's worked out for what you're doing now, as I said, as a not only PGA master professional, you were the number one rated teacher in Hawaii by Golf Digest last year and also in 2019-2020. So uh, obviously you've learned a few things over the years. So tell us about this, your next step. You moved to Maui in 2005, I understand. So did you already have a job lined up? As an entrepreneur, whether we're founding a company or what you're doing, you're really founding yourself and a new career, you can't do it alone. You need the support. Who inspired you? Who supported you? What teachers did you have that were advisors, mentors, people that you really look up to that have helped you in the early days to uh, help move you forward, to uh, put the first couple of bricks in the wall to become the master professional that you are today, Claude? Okay, so the first part of your question, when I move in... Uh... Maui in 2005, yes, I had a job offer at uh, Kapadua. They were looking for a PG member, and it was a job as an assistant in the pro shop, but I also could teach you know, after I did my 40 hours in, in the shop. So that was the ticket to come to Maui and also the potential of be a full-time teacher. At that time, Kapadua was really busy, so the director of instruction there, Jerry King, sent a letter. We were 27 PGA members working at the resort. That was pretty busy. They said, okay, if you want to teach after your 40 hours in the shop, just let me know. And then I went on that seriously, and then I started to teach there. So that's the first part how I came to Maui. Right. Then the second part of your question, people, like you said, you cannot do that by yourself. We always stand on the shoulder or the people before us. They build a wall and then you step on it and you keep going. Mm -hmm. Early in my career, I was in Florida. So I look at, because I want to be a player, so I look at who are the best teachers. Then I went to take lessons with many of them. Then I finally find one that clicked and helped me. His name is Martin Hall. He's well-known. He's a Golf Channel guy. Mm -hmm. So... He was the PGA teacher national of the year in 2008. So that was the main influence. He was a great guy. So he will say, okay, Claude, I saw him pretty much every six weeks for almost six years. And then he will say, okay, as a player, this is what 
I suggest you do. Now I know you want to go in teaching. So as a teacher, this is more how you will do it. I've been around very, very good mentors. So in the business side, because we are in the business of people first, mm-hmm. then golf second. So it's building relation and learning how to give the best product you can. I moved in North Carolina and then I was uh, fortunate enough to be hired by Dana Raider Golf School in Charlotte, North Carolina. We were seven coach there at the time. She was really good at helping us to be a better coach and teacher, but also in the business side of it, how we can make this profitable. Then, of course, I got a business background with my MBA. So first, we need to offer the best quality experience for the guests that is in front of us. Yes. Then Dana was a big, big influence on that part. Then after that, I'm a learner, continuous learner. So I seek out who can I see who help me. So I was fortunate enough in my life to be around many of the best teachers. Then I spent in conferences, workshop. I've been around Butch Harmon. I've been around Ledbetter. Dr. Farnsworth, who is a putting guru, and he's the coach of the Japanese guy who won the master. And then I've been around the putting coach of uh, Tiger when Tiger was at his prime. I've been around Dr. Rick Jensen, who is a sport psychologist and performance mm-hmm. person. So the list goes on and on and on because this is, I think, how you get better and you can improve your craft. I agree. That lifelong learning that you mentioned there, I embrace that also. I know from speaking to you, Claude, that you're a, you're a curious person. You ask questions. You want to learn. You're very interested in people with different experiences, different backgrounds, so you can learn from them and bring that into what you do with your craft. And, and speaking about bringing things into your craft, I'm, I'm really curious about this. You were a professional nurse, mainly in, in ICUs and critical care units and, and having to deal with those type of crisis and spontaneous moments with human beings. What have you learned, one or two things from your nursing career that is part of your secret sauce that you've been able to infuse and apply to the way you teach golf? Great question there. In fact, one of the things is first you need to respect the person in front of you. Because let's say some, as a nurse, you go and give a treatment. You have to be able to explain and perform it. So golf is similar to that regard because you need to explain and be able to perform the communication that the person in front of you will understand it and their reality. Then the other point in nursing helped me to realize the potential of the human being. I mean, mm. sometimes you have somebody in front of you, almost everybody says, oh, there is no way that person can make it because of this severe illness they have or acute crisis in their body. And then the human brain is full of potential. The human body, I see size of a, let's say, bed sore or a broken bone. You say, oh, how in the world the body will get over that? And they do. So that part of nursing helped me to really believe in the full potential 
that people don't necessarily realize they have. That part of my life helped me tremendously in golf because the golfer comes and they will say, oh, I'm not athletic or um, I'm not very good at it. But they say, okay, you're not good at it yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's work as a team. Let's give you the information you need to move forward on a journey towards mastery. It's a journey. It's a ride. So that's the nursing part helped me in communication to resume and then really, really formatted that the potential human is great if people have tools to help them to reach it. I love that response. Speaking about potential, I read this quote from you and you said, I live by investing 86,400 seconds per day, that's how long every day is, to obtain the highest return on investment possible on fulfillment and mindfulness. My purpose in life is to make a difference in people's lives. I love that statement. Can you expand on that a little bit of what it means to you? Yes, I can. The equalizer of life is time. You spend time, in fact. You invest in time. Of course, we have other tools that could be money, could be knowledge, it could be IQ, but there is different IQ. You can have an IQ as pure uh, mechanics, creativity, respect of human being, all kinds of IQ. So for me, today, I'm fortunate enough, I'm blessed, I'm healthy. Life gave me 86,400 seconds. How can I maximize that? I'm always about how can I be the most productive possible, respecting who I am, what are my value. I have the privilege to have people who want to spend time with me. So I Mm -hmm. take a big responsibility to that because they have the same amount of time. So it doesn't matter your political orientation, your sex orientation, the color of your skin, how much money you have or not. You spend 86,400 seconds. In my mind, it's difficult to conceive that people can get bored because there is so much to do. And then, whoa, those seconds are gone. Man, the day is gone. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I didn't learn this. I helped X amount of people, but I could have helped probably more. And all that be mindful of respecting other human being because there is a reason they think the way they think, the way they act. You have to listen more than you talk, basically. So I read somewhere, I used that when I did my PGA master, listen in silence, have the same letters, just in a different organization of it. I've never heard that one before. That That's kind of awesome. I, I like that one. I like that one. So I understand you're just not all about golf. It sounds like you're a very well-rounded person. You love to swim, ride your bike, go to the gym, yoga, meditation, read, good music, good wine, good food. So tell us how you fill those 86,400 seconds. Let's say tomorrow, tomorrow being a weekday, I'm assuming a teaching professional day, but Tell us about how you're filling those 86,400 seconds. Tell us a a day in the life of Claude Brousseau. Okay. So I'm up at 5 a.m. every day that I work. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then first 
as soon as I wake up, I take a few minutes to do meditation and be grateful of my life because I got a great life. Yes. Then go have breakfast with my wife. Then six o'clock, it's time to do what I call stretching, power, yoga, and a little bit of weightlifting in the house. After that, I will come at the academy. The day start around seven o'clock at the academy, looking email and what I have to do, preparing for the day. First golfer come most of the time at eight o'clock. Then I'd be on the tee probably until four or five, depending. Some days I get six, seven, I can go up to nine players per day. And then I have a wrap up the day. I go back home, have um, a good glass of wine to wind down. Then it's dinner time. Then it's a little bit of work on the computer for the day that I didn't have time to do during my day. Then after that, go at the pool. I'm fortunate enough we have a nice pool where I live in a complex and a condo where. So do a few laps, take the time to listen to the wind and the palm trees, looking at the stars. I mean, it's heaven. Then go in bed and start the next day, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and the day with the beautiful sunset as you're overlooking the west there in Wailea. Yeah. And yeah, not a bad way to go. I have to, to say one person that I learned so much as a business I got recruited by a gentleman. His name is Jean-Claude Forestier in France. This guy is a very successful business guy, and then he loves golf. So he, he gave me the opportunity to go and create the first short game golf school in France. So in 2009, in France back then, and still they have more probably now, but they had 750 golf courses, if you count the nine holes and the 18 holes, but none of them had the academy specifically dedicated on the short game. And I love short game. I realized that when my playing days, if my short game has been more efficient, I will have performed better. So it gave me the opportunity to create the first short game golf school in France from scratch. So he bought a golf course. He said, okay, this is the area close to the clubhouse. Do you think we can create a golf school there? And that was like a dream because I had been in 10 different golf schools in, in Florida, North Carolina, right, right. Uh, Hawaii. And then I said, whoa, if I can create a golf school from scratch. And he gave me that opportunity. So I did for 10 years. I was splitting my time between Maui and golf, PGA, France, Le Vaudreuil, just about 100 kilometers northwest of Paris and Normandy. It gave me so much opportunity. I was able to coach players on different tours. Highlight is one of the players wanted to qualify for the senior British Open. So I caddy for him. I trained him and then we went together. He did the Monday qualifier, get into the uh, senior British Open. That was at Turnberry. So I caddy yes. for him. Unfortunately, he didn't make the cut, but still. What an experience it was to be able to live that. I was able to go to the uh, Dunhill tournaments. I walk on St. Andrew and Carnoustie the same day because they're not too far away. So you, you can see why I'm so grateful and thankful and full of appreciation. I mean, think about it. I grew up in a small little town, 500 people in the middle of nowhere. Right. So what, what mattered the most is not where you start. 
is where you go and how much you enjoy the process of realizing, okay, wow, life is good. I can do some stuff if you avoid negative thoughts. I like to learn and read. So when the people realize the power of negative thoughts, they won't have any one for the rest of their life, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to share with the people that when things are not going well or if it's in golf and your game, take the time to look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, I always tell them, you are the CEO of your life. Hmm. You are you making decisions. You need to assume those responsibilities with the decision. And there is a price to be outside of your comfort zone, but that's where you realize your potential, basically. Yes, yes. We are now going to take a short break to tell you about something new from the Mod Golf Podcast. I'm excited to announce the launch of the Mod Golf Pro Shop, where you, as part of our Mod Golf community, receive exclusive discounts on curated golf products that I love and support. We are partnering with DeWiz, Deuce, Kinona, Back to Basics Golf, Project 72 Golf, and Odin Golf to provide a curated selection of golf essentials to help you play better and look great while you're doing it. Use promo code MODGOLF for between 10 and 20% off your purchases to receive the best exclusive pricing that our partners offer. Go to www.modgolfpodcast.com to check out the golf gear that our fabulous brand partners are ready to deliver to your doorstep. That's the Mod Golf Pro Shop at www.modgolfpodcast.com. Wow, I love everything you just shared with us there, but especially this overarching positivity that you exude and this just say yes type of mentality that you have that is not only very entrepreneurial, successful entrepreneur mindset, but just a life mindset of knowing you don't have all the answers. You can't wait for all the ducks to be lined up before you make a move. And so many people that I've met, whether they're entrepreneurs or or just in life, and they're almost paralyzed because they want everything to be perfect. And as we know, with our golf swings in life, there is no perfect. And I love that story that you shared that opening up a short game academy in France, you just took a bit of a leap of faith there. And then one thing led to another, it opened up to new opportunities new experiences, new relationships. And it really sounds to me that you look at the value of your life is based on collective experiences and relationships, not necessarily material things. And that's in the life that you're living now and where you are, you're so, as you put it, so blessed and appreciative of what you're doing, but you made that happen because you just gave it a shot to see where it goes. I just love that. Just say yes mindset, which A lot of us with that negativity you talked about, we find a hundred excuses of why to say no or not yet. I was fortunate enough also to be mentored by one of the greatest successful business guy. And when I need advice on that, his name is Anthony Van Mandel. He's great because he helped me to understand that you need to make it happen. What I mean by that is my philosophy in life is I don't expect anything from anybody. I have to make it happen myself and say, okay, of course I need to build a team. I don't do it by myself. I'm surrounded with people like all the name I gave you that helped me to progress. Also, my dad, I didn't get it that much back then, but now he he always say, Claude, 
If you want something, you have to do it. Nobody will do it for you. Mm-hmm. I have great parents. They were hard worker. But the point is, you have to be the catalyst and the person who initiate. And then if you say you will do something, do it. There is a cost. Yes. I mean, procrastination is the worst thing you can do in life. Make a list. If you have to, do it now. I read somewhere, eat the frog in the morning. So, okay. It may not be fun to do, but if you do the priority now and then the rest snowball effect and then be responsible for your action and then make it happen, make it happen. Gee, maybe that's the name of this podcast episode, Eat the Frog in the Morning. People will go, what What the heck are they talking about? Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe not, even though I love that analogy yeah. there. We'll work on the, on the naming of this particular episode. So also with relationships and putting yourself out there and just saying yes to opportunities, if you had not cultivated a relationship with our mutual friend, Daniel Tucker, who's the host of the golf radio show on Maui, because you've been on that several times, and I heard you on there, and we're connected on LinkedIn, and I've been on our show. I'm going to have her on, on the Mod Golf Podcast. We've talked about that for years, so I'm going to make that happen in the next couple of weeks. So I can really see the genuine value you place on friendship, on relationships, and that give first mentality. Like even with Danielle, you're not looking for anything in return. I've listened to you on her show and you're genuinely just want to share knowledge and expect nothing in return. I think in our society now, it's so transactional, a lot of cases that I'm not going to do this unless I get that back, which I take that mentality very much like you do. And I think I should take it even farther of, yes, just put it out there in the universe, work hard, be smart, and opportunities will then come back to you. So I'm sure you embrace that as far as the way you live your life. Correct. Correct. So- you have to give away, then it will come in the karma, let's call it. You do it because you want other people to be happy. I think in life, what people want basically is be happy, be respected. You do stuff, but not because you will get something in return. And guess what? The more you look at life this way, the more the life gives back to you. I like this one here. I read somewhere, it says, learn to listen. Opportunity sometimes knocks very softly. Mm. Jackson Brown. You have to look for opportunity. They won't find you. <laughs> you need to be open to look where, where there is opportunity and then make a decision. Does it work to try it or not? What is the risk and the reward? Warren Buffett said that, and I like it. It's price is what you pay, value is what you get. Right. And then he also said, learn to say no quickly and yes, slowly. Ah. So look at the all opportunity, then say, okay, does it fit in your value system or not? It's not that chasing some stuff that doesn't align with who you are because you, you can feel it. And I call that that little voice inside or... Everybody has it somewhere in their bodies saying, mm, something is not, I shouldn't do that. Listen to that little voice there. Well, I like that. I like that one a lot. So you sent me over 50 student testimonials and, and I read each and every one of them and I just <laughs> kind of got pulled into them. And just the enthusiasm of your students ranging from scratch golfers to 36 handicappers and everything in between, these people 
they love you. They genuinely love, love, love you. So talk to me and talk to us a bit about what you consider your differentiator, the way that you teach that's, and obviously it's authentic is just who you are, what you do and why you do it. What is this differentiator that makes you the teacher that you are that makes these students a fall in love with you, b want to come back all the time, and c you exceed their expectations and leave them in a positive mindset? Thank you for that question. And then the differentiator is right away they sense that I'm genuinely a hundred percent for them. It doesn't matter if you're my first one at eight o'clock in the morning or my ninth at later during the day. Right. I'm, I'm intense. I want you to get better. And I want you to understand what will make you better. This weekend, I had somebody who flew from Oahu to come. He says, man, I sense that you're 100% with us. We're the most important person for right now to make them better. So I mm-hmm. think that's one. Second, my communication skill, the golfer that trusts my expertise and comes say, Claude, you make it so clear, so simple. It makes so much sense now that I can process that. I will say genuinely wanted people to get better. Uh, the communication, I will find a way to make sure, let's say if you call and come to me, that you get it, not only intellectually, but also in your senses. So I will say I'm coaching on those two levels. So you need the intellectual knowledge, then you need the sensorial knowledge. And I have so many ways, because I've been around so many golf coach for the last 25 years, how can I get this point across using feedback, immediate feedback? And then come back to the nursing part of it. You used to observe because you have to watch for symptoms and what will not go well. So I'm very, very in tune with the person in front of me. They will say, I get it. I I look at their eyes and say, "Mm -mm." he thinks or she thinks she get it, but they don't. So I will say, okay, let's do it differently. Allow them to understand that it's okay if they don't get it right away. So I often use this line and say, not getting it, it's getting it, in fact. So take your time. And then I do follow-up. That's the other thing. Business-wise, follow-up is crucial. Everywhere I've been, and they see Claude is the king of follow-up. I follow up with people. I will just text them, okay, how was your golf this weekend? Not because I want thing in return. I really want to know. And then I produce results. I have so many golfers that will come, let's say, and the next day they will go and play their best round ever. So it's result, and then it's sustainable result on long term. It's not yes. just for one day. Uh, one interesting story, two people from Calgary, they came. I gave lesson to her because she was the person that wanted the lesson. The husband was listening, and then... The next day, they went and played at Lanai, and then she texts me after. She says, wow, you, my husband learned by osmos <laughs> just listening to what you told me, and right, he played right. better as well. The differentiator is um, genuine communication, care about the people, result. They need to improve. 
And it sounds like your observational skills are very, very strong. Once again, going back to your nursing days of needing to quickly being able to observe with all your senses and then make a plan Correct. and apply that plan and also pivot on that plan or that plan isn't quite working there. So let's finish up with this. You touched on this as far as using me as an example. Let's talk about that myself. I know you haven't seen my golf swing yet. I don't think I've sent you that. But as a 14 handicapper, and I know using the Arco sensors where I have strokes gained and lost, off the tee, not hitting enough fairways, not hitting it far enough. So struggling off the tee and also chipping and pitching my short game. So those are the major two areas. So just even knowing that much, let's say we booked here. I'm going to get on a flight and go to Wailea. So if I was going to spend some time with the number one golf professional teacher in Hawaii, what would that experience be like for me? How long would I be there? So so tell me about that journey and that experience when I book my trip and go over and spend some time with you. So everybody out there, if they're very interested now and in thinking about, hey, what Claude does, this sounds amazing. So So tell us about that. Yes. Thank you for asking that. So basically a typical first time will be one hour together. Then you will come. When you come, you already have a pyramid of ball ready for you. You get your name tag there. You got a towel. You got the view. Then when I meet you, first I'm interested in you. What would you like to learn? What is your priority? What other sport have you done? Any injuries? And then we always start with the fundamentals. So I mm-hmm. will watch you hit few balls. I will put you on video before I give you any coaching. I call that the baseline of our relation and where you are with your swing. Okay. After that, we'll get into the coaching and always stress fundamentals. Like how able are you to select a target? Golf is a target game. Then I will ask questions like something like, what is your intention when you swing the club? Hitting the ball or hitting the target? So I want you to start to reflect on what you're doing. Most of the people say, the golfers say, I want to hit the ball. Right. Yeah, but it's a target game. So we'll help you to go on that. So we'll make sure that your fundamentals, meaning the aiming, because it's that. Second, how you place your body. Can you hold the club, place your hands on it in a way that makes sense and is efficient? It's all about efficiency. Then we will look at your ball position in your knowledge of the golf swing, and I always make people really easygoing in the learning environment. I say, okay, I will ask you many questions because I'm not in your brain, I'm not in your body. Mm-hmm. And the more feedback you can provide to Claude, the more we can work as a team. It's a teamwork. I cannot tell you what to feel. You have to tell me what you feel when we make this adjustment in your swing, let's say. Yes. Then after that, priority is club phase. To go in the business, if I always say, okay, if you're a business person, cash flow is kind of important. Club face is cash flow in golf. So oh, I nice. make an analogy that people can relate to. So we'll make sure that you understand what the club face does and what part of your body control the club face. Then we'll go more in the path. Then after that, we go in the sequencing and quality of impact. Then let's say you're in Maui for a week. We do a video before and after. I will send you the video by the time you go back to your condo or hotel with your voice and my voice on it, telling you first what you do well, then telling you your game plan where the priorities are that you need to improve. Then let's say I will ask you, how long will you be on Maui for? And let's say a week, 10 days. How's your schedule? 
Now we can go in the short game. If your priority is lowering your score, let's plan something that you can come back for the short game. So that's the way it will go. Love it. Love it. Well, I guess I'll have to uh, get out in front of this. I know you're a very popular man, so I'll have to book you many months in advance. A couple hour flight away here from Vancouver, so we'll have to organize that that works with your schedule, even though I'm sure you might have a tough time squeezing me in, but hopefully you'll, you'll find a way there, Claude. I will surely find a way for you to come. That'd be a pleasure and a privilege to help you. All the golfers have something in common. We love golf. This is already, you know, creating a connection in the relation. And the golfer wants to improve. Let's work together, make sure that you will improve rapidly. And then we go from there. Wonderful. Well, perhaps we'd have some type of a collaboration. So of course, we have the Mod Golf YouTube channel. Maybe we can shoot a little bit of video of me getting on the lesson tee in the short game with you. We can do that. And speaking of the Mod Golf YouTube channel, we're going to finish up here. And I do encourage all of our listeners to become viewers. We'll include the link down below. Claude and I are going to jump on a video call, ask some different questions, different conversation. And yeah, really encourage everyone listening here to go watch that because uh, yeah, there's more in store. I want to ask more questions here, but I'm going to show some restraint, maybe more than I do on a golf course with my management and making bad decisions out there sometimes. I'm going to show some restraint here and finish up here. But before we do, I also understand that you have a book called Realize Your Golfing Potential. Can you quickly tell us about that? And then we'll talk about maybe expanding that on the the Mod Golf YouTube channel. But tell us about your book. Yes. So the book, 100% of the short game. So that means shot that less than 100 yards. Yes. Because that's the fastest way to improve your score, but also the quality of the contact that you will develop there will help you to in your long game. It covers putting, chipping, pitching, bunker play, decision-making on the course, the feedback that I have from golfer when they read it, they say, oh, it helps my game. It's a very nice coffee table book with great quality of pictures and just enough text that you got good information out of it, but many pictures that help you to connect the text and the picture together and improve. Well, I think I need that book like immediately because uh, all the uh, random YouTube videos on my short game, it's actually complicating things. It's hindering, I think, rather than helping. So I need to go order that. So where can I and where can everyone out there find your book? Can you just go through Amazon or where's where's the best place to order your book? The best place is going on my uh, website. My first name, Claude, number four, bestgolf.com. They can reach out to me and then we'll go from there. Good stuff. And to make it nice and easy, as I always do in the show notes for Claude's episode, I will include the link he just mentioned. So you don't need to find a pencil or a pen to write all that down. We'll have that nice and convenient. So it's one click away. So like myself, you can get that book for your coffee table and hopefully I can get my 14 handicap down because I know full well that I just need to put in some more work and improve my technique. So wow, Claude Rousseau, I've got to say... This has been a wonderful conversation today. Once again, I just love your positive energy. I make a point of surrounding myself with people that just have that energy. What do they say? You're a product of the five or six people that you surround yourself most closely to. And I know when I was younger, in my early days, perhaps I was surrounding myself with people that weren't quite as good for me, let's say. Not that I got myself in a lot of trouble, but you know, just as far as not being able to really move yourself forward. So I make a point of that 
I'm so glad that you and I have connected and had a chance to extend our conversation and and hopefully are, are on the cusp of that friendship level here now with the alignment that we've had here with the conversation. So, hey, I just want to thank you again, Claude, for uh, spending your time and sharing your life journey, your insights and your story with all of our listeners here on the Mod Golf Podcast here today. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Colin. And um, mahalo and aloha. So that's a wrap for this episode of the Mod Golf Podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation about entrepreneurship in the golf industry, you can find more compelling episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen in. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on our homepage to hear about upcoming episodes and to enter our latest golf product giveaway. I'm your host, Colin Weston. Thanks very much for joining me. Bye for now.